You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. T-minus one week away from opening night of the 2021 NHL season, and the roster is starting to take shape. On paper, the Flyers look pretty good, but how do they stack up against the rest of the Metro, uh, I mean, Mass Mutual division? Well, we're going to break it all down in another jam-packed episode of the Three Pigeons Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host with the most, Joe Gazarian, and I am once again asking you to give Sam Moran a chance at Wink. And I'm Matt Arenic, and nothing makes me happier than mad Canadians or New York fans. All seems right in the world. Here, here. Uh, I'm Mike Swiss, and full disclosure, I have a Mass Mutual account, so I'll be rescinding myself from any discussions regarding the new name, even though I think it's a good name and not that big of a deal at all. All right, very very gallant of you, uh, Miguel. We'll uh, we'll get into all that division stuff in uh, in a little bit, but according to the Philly Beats, the third day of the Flyers camp was one of the best ones yet. Um, vets like G, Jake, and Ghost were flying around, um, and up and comers like Zade Wisdom, Phil Myers continued to draw some attention, uh, and, and two redemption arcs actually collided uh, with Nolan Patrick and Sam Moran actually going head to head, accidentally running into each other. Um, how scared were you guys when you saw that news? I was freaking out because it was like, they're like, oh, he's, he's taking slow to get up. Now he's on the bench. He's sick up in a shift. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. But he returned to action. Uh, everything seems like it's okay. But, yeah, I had a mini heart attack right there for a little bit. My Apple Watch is freaking out. Thought thought I was dying. Oh, I know. I, first, thing that, first thing that came to mind was literally the Gudis couturier incident oh, in the playoffs God. before the Caps. Like, that was the first thing. You're just kind of like – Obviously a little bit different, but like you said, it came coming up slowly, like borderline heart attack. Luckily, it seems as though no, nothing nothing terrible ended up coming of it. So Yeah, it was terrifying because there was so, like only Charlie O'Connor really had the full scenario or situation explained at first. Like he was basically, you know, walked through every step of it. Like, okay, he's back on the bench. He's out there, whatever. So... The initial reaction was like, oh, shit. But that would have been the most flyer thing ever if on, I don't know, is this the third or fourth day of camp or whatever, that the two players who desperately need to stay healthy to, like, keep their NHL careers going and in Sam Took case, each other out. Revive oh, it. Yeah, almost took each other out. That was that would have been so, so flyer. And that's my biggest fear, too, with, with Sam Moran trying to make it, like, an impact here, especially in training camp, is, like, he's such a big man that, like, the last, like, he, I understand he's fighting his, for his career, but the last thing we need is for him to, like, hit literally any human being on this roster and then hurt him. Yeah, I, there was a lot of talk about this, I think. I guess it was during that Gudis and Couturier one way back, but it's, like, at what point do these full contact practices, like, at what point do you have to kind of rein them in a little bit? And especially considering we're a week away from, from the season, like, I, I understand these guys need to be taking contact and everything, but, like, I, in my opinion, you should be saving it a little bit for the actual start, so. Well, look at, even we can go cross-sport, um, look at the NFL. I mean, they're, they want to get rid of preseason games pretty much all together. Uh, they do like very limited padded practices now at all. Um, just they do even in the preseason, they're limiting all that. So if they're limiting to no contact practices and stuff, and I mean, I know old hockey men are going to be like, well, they should hit each other. It should be part of the deal. You sign up. Well, no, how about we just let's, let's not let Oscar Lindblom get hurt before he even gets a chance. Let's, let's limit that stuff. If you want to hit in the preseason games, go for it. Go nuts. That's against another team, you know, God be with you, but let's, let's, yeah, I'm all for limiting the potential for injuries. Now, when it's a non-contact injury, there's nothing you can do. I mean, yeah. you tried your best, but yeah, I, I, uh, I wasn't joking. I had a, my heart skipped a beat a little bit when I saw that he was slow getting up. 
So I'm glad he, he's doing okay. What did you guys think of um, of the other reports, though, that the, the vets were, were flying in? I heard that Drew had a nasty goal against Brian Elliott. He got like a sick backhander. Um, but the, apparently the vets were, were shining. What did you guys think? That's good. I mean, it. it I don't know how much everybody remembers it, but a big issue to start – well, a big issue through training camp and then the preseason and then to start the season last year was that the vets – I don't want to say they hadn't bought in to AV's system yet, because um, I don't think that would be doing anybody's service to say that. But I, they kind of were like, they were the ones who were kind of slow to adapt to it at first. So, you know, AV made such a big thing about he sent home a whole bunch of players early so that they could really drill in the system. So I think it's great that, you know, guys like Giroux and Voracek, who never, you never really care about them in camp because you know what you're going to get. I actually, I, I find it kind of refreshing this season that they're outright shining in practice and like, you know, have, have come into it. Like I know every year, every single player of every single team and every single league, you know, have the classic, like we're here to win it. We're, we're not satisfied with how last year went. Like we're here to win a cup, whatever. Um, every sport gets that, but it is kind of nice to hear it already from Giroux in preseason or in, yeah, in, in training camp that like. I'm not happy with how last year ended at all, like from a personal standpoint and from a team standpoint, and that like they're not taking this training camp as, as a way to like, I don't know, to stay healthy going into the, or, you know, rest up going into the season. Like he's he's full full gas already, so. Yeah, chip on the shoulder, maybe from some uh, some comments from the media about his age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was definitely something, but yeah, I, that question derived from what many believe AV's comments at the end of the season last year about yeah. how going into this offseason, both Jake and the older players like Giroux have to approach their offseason differently than they did when they were younger um, in terms of recovery and being able to provide um, consistent, not necessarily consistent effort, but consistent production um, throughout the entirety of the year. So I'm sure G had a chip on their shoulder from that. I don't well, know how don't much forget, you want to dive into that. Rem- but. Remember, the uh, everybody was asking him at the end of the playoffs uh, last year about his gold route. Yeah, like that's that's another thing that if I'm him, I'm taking that as bolt and board material into the off season and mm-hmm. and you know proving everybody wrong uh, as as much as I can. Uh, but that's another thing that I'm sure he probably heard just ringing in his ears all summer. So I'm glad he's ready to get going. It's um, it's 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 about time. Because I, I that, think this team, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but this team, training camps have been notoriously kind of lackadaisical, I would yeah. say. You know, not, Ex- not a lot until of, last year, I think, with AB. Right. Yeah. They've been kind of, even with Axel, which is slow to start. surprising. Yeah, and yeah. You, can, yeah, you can credit the, a lot of people like to blame those West Coast trips in the beginning for slow starts and everything. I, I hear you, but you know what? We started last year in the was Czech Republic, right? Yeah. And yep. beat the Blackhawks pretty, pretty pretty good so i don't know about you guys but i'm excited um and i did see real quick a, a quote from from ghost uh, he said that he's in a really good place mentally because he's he's healthy now and all he has to worry about is the game so i'm hoping he same thing has some time to kind of just play hockey again and not have to answer stupid questions and think about being traded so we'll see i think that that too to kind of you know tie tie this all together um put a bow on it mike do it <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Between uh, between AV kind of revamping what training camp would look like last year, I mean, you heard that from every beat writer that, you know, words like pace, words like speed, words like, you know, like all that stuff, they were uttered by AV throughout training camp, and the whole camp took on a different feel, the season took on a different feel, and the team did as well. So I think that's part of it. And then another thing, too, Joe and Matt, to kind of say what you guys were, were talking about, AV's comments about Drew and Jake at the end of the, the playoff and how you know, they might need to work differently or in the offseason, work smarter instead of harder um, to preserve themselves for the season. G really did take take that, like, I don't want to say he took offense to it, but he took that as like an affront to him. And he, he said in his, in his press conference, you know, I don't really know what he's talking about. I, I know that I train well, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's, to me, that's like, he's, he's coming to camp and he's proved it now. Like he's proven mm. it. He, he, it's not just like, he didn't just brush it off and get angry. Like, I don't know what the hell this coach is talking about. Like, he probably listened. He was angry at it at first, but then maybe went to AV. And whatever he did, he's he's figured it out, and he's buzzing in camp right now. So 
you know, it's it's different than when like when Dave Haxtall would would critique a player or have them scratched and he wouldn't, you know, you'd go to the player and they'd be like, I don't know why I'm scratched. You know, coach didn't tell me. <laughs> it's different than then. Like AV straight up says like, this is what I think you need to do. And, you know, you can you can do it or not. You know, that's your choice. And it, it more often than not, it seems like these guys are buying in. Even Ghost, who historically wouldn't really listen much to what Dave Haxtell would say, he seems to be on board with A.V. He's mm. he's he was playing seventh defenseman under A.V. last year. And it's not like he was he wasn't firing off quotes like he was in the previous uh, regime. So, yeah. And I think, like you said, with Ghost, I mean, today's lines and pairings are very could be evident of that. Right. Like you said, he finished the year healthy scratch seventh d um now it looks like from today does it give you kind of an idea of what these flyers lines are looking like defensively at least was Provi ghost top pair travis sanheim myers second pair and haig and gustafson the swedes rounding off the bottom pair i mean when, when we think about it there really isn't a, a spot for ghost in that bottom pair that makes sense like we know he doesn't gel well with haig we know he doesn't gel well with Braun. Braun. It's a nightmare. I'd be willing to bet my life there's no shot they put Gustafsson and, and Gustafsson spare together a on a pair. So, like, I really do believe, and, and it's funny because you're kind of spreading out the wealth there. You're not really saying, like, you have a number one pair. Obviously, Provy's the number one defenseman. But he has historically shown the ability to play well with Provy. So if that works... That just provides us, I think, some greater depth throughout our defense pairs. Um, and like Mike said, I mean, that's evident that Ghost is really kind of taking to heart what AV said and willing to buy into a system as well as he's finally maybe looking himself again, which would be nice. I think that we're going to see a real change in the deployment of the defense this season. Um I know I said I would wrap up, and Joe, you said I was the one putting the bow on it, but we're just gonna. I'm just gonna extend this. A I think bit we. More. We're, yeah, we're, we undid the bow. Yeah, we just <laughs> absolutely. Is that we allowed? Had the presents, I hope so. We had the presents wrapped for next year, and now we're we're like screw it. It was a tough year. We just want to open them now. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the defense is going to be deployed differently this year. It's not like last year, Matt, like you were saying, where Provorov and Niskin was a top pair. That was a legitimate top pair. You no, know, you can't argue against that. In the playoffs, Niskin took a little step back. And actually, that's when you started to see the defense change a little bit. Provy was getting looks. Provy would play like 25 minutes a game, maybe only 19 minutes with Niski, 20 minutes with Niski, and he would see time with with the other defensemen. So I think we're going to see that a lot this year. I think Provorov is still going to wind up playing like, you know, 22 to 25 minutes a night, maybe. And then he'll probably see the majority of the time with Ghost, but then they might cycle through Myers. They might cycle through Gustafsson. Um I think because they don't, or at least on paper, they don't have that top pair right now. Uh, we're going to see Provy as the top defenseman, and then guys cycle in, through, like not just throughout the season, but during games, um, as as need be. And hopefully, you know, over the course of the season, a little bit, we'll get some clarity. Maybe Phil Myers will will take that position. Maybe Gustafson surprises everybody, and he's a competent uh, partner for for Provy. Or Ghost finds his game, and he's he's a truly a solid two-way defenseman so no i i hope so it's all right we put the bow back on it just that boom Bow's back <laughs> on now do we want might, to i might undo it really quick okay hang on hang so on i, Wait, I, gotta, get, I gotta all right go ahead it's i think off. we're gonna go take ahead. it off again and get well i, I want to read one thing and get your opinion here joe mm-hmm. on it just the forward lines from today so of course kind of a similar a kind of a similar concept to what mike said where as before we would usually kind of ride the big guns with Giroux, Couturier. And Jake up front. Now with a healthy Limblom and Patrick, it looks like at least today we went with Limblom, Couturier, TK at the first line, G Hayes, Farabee on the second line, rocking the nice new number. JVR, Patrick, and Jake on the third, and then Raffles, Lawton, and NAK on the fourth. So, what do you think about that? I think when it's early in the season, if you want to try that. That's the time to try it. Try it early in the season and see if it works out. Um, and if it does, if, if that's spreading of the wealth like they're doing on defense, it seems like they're carrying that through to the forwards. Um, each line has a scoring threat of, of some kind. Um, and if it works, great. I'm all for it. If it doesn't, 
I don't know how long of a leash they're willing to give it if this is what indeed they end up going with. It's interesting. Uh, I I am a fan of having one kind of power line, one line that you know is, is kind of your top line, and then the rest of the lines, honestly, I could care less. You can mix and match um, as long as you know everybody can skate. I, I don't really care about the makeup of the other <laughs> lines, but I do like a top-tier first line. doesn't seem like they're going for that right now, but... I mean, I, I would say I, they are. With yeah. I mean, the way Limblom, I it was a short. My, I'll give you my top line. Sign. This would this would be my okay. top line if I was if I was NHL GM in NHL 2021. It would be <laughs> Giroux, uh, Giroux at wing, Coots at center, and Jake on the other wing. That's what I would have. But G's got to be able to shoot more because Jake's not going to shoot. As much as I love him, we know he doesn't shoot that much, which is fine. If he gets 80 assists, that means Couturier and G both have, you know, 40 goals. Great. But they, they, they'd they have to shoot more. I, I want a shooter on the top line. I, I, Konechny, I would I, like him up there. I think – You could switch him. And I think that's probably why they went with that. Is yeah. You have Limblom and TK flanking Couturier who, I mean, I would say are – they lean towards definitely TK shoot first now. Did they have was that uh, line? Did they have a ton of chemistry last year? Was that that the was line? the they that did. was the best they line did. in then hockey last year? Besides, it. I'm all in for Pasternak, I'm all for Bergeron, and Marchand to start the year until roll basically it, until Lindblom's cancer diagnosis. And then Faraby and Hayes has shown great chemistry, and like they the did. idea too yeah. is that if you're able to get the top line, like imagine Jake JVR and Nolan Hatch getting third line Jeez. matchups. Oh, they would like yeah. l- last year. We're looking at Derek Grant and like your grandmother <laughs> on the wing. So like, it's it's such a and and I think that's going to be refreshing, right? Is like now we're just going to look at it and it's kind of what made I feel like the Islanders so successful is I, I honestly think on paper we definitely have a better forward group than the Islanders. They just had so much depth that when they were lined up against our third and fourth lines, they would just dominate. And mm-hmm. then if you matched up Barzell against the top line, they dominated for a shift, and our, our top line didn't get the opportunity to score. So I think, like Mike said with the D, we're going to see some different deployment than we've seen in the past with that kind of power line that Joe likes. I mean, we like that line, and AB can always trot that out there if we're in a one-goal deficit late yeah. in the game, right? But I think... That's your third period I line. think... Yeah, I think the depth's the name of the game this year. For as, sure. as long as everybody's egos stay in check. And hockey is, is, is probably like the most egoless sport there is. I mean, everybody's about the team. It's the team. It's the team. But as long as Jake is going to be fine playing third-line minutes. and, and Well, he's still going to get top power play. And as long as yeah. we're winning, I, I can't see him complaining after the years he went through when he was playing all that all that time, yet we couldn't even sneak out of the first round. Yeah. yeah. If, if if yeah, so. that's a good point. Maybe maybe he's at the point in his career, Matt, where like you said, he's he recognizes that you know it's going to be up to the younger guys to take a bigger step this year, a bigger role. That depth's going to have to kick in, and he doesn't have to take time off, but he you know he can take a, a little bit of a reduced role, but still be that DH we need on the power play because him and him and G that cross ice passes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It's still, it's the still only thing that, that worked even slightly in the playoffs. And you know it's coming, too. It's the most bizarre yeah. thing. Everybody knows that pass is coming and yeah. still can't really stop it. But I'm glad we took off the bow. Are we going to put it back on? Or are we, are we, I think we we're putting it, it back on. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think we're going to yeah we're gonna weld it shut, All right. I think. <laughs> we're going to take the bow. We're putting it back on. Definitely some really cool stories going on in camp, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I think they're doing one more. They're doing a televised scrimmage Sunday night. Is that right? Really? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I saw it on the Flyers' Instagram real quick. Yeah, the Orange and Black exhibition game, 7 p.m. Sunday, NBC Sports Philadelphia. That's awesome. Joe, you'll you'll get to watch your boy. My boy Sam. Sammy Moran. I'm very excited. First live action. I was thinking about the utility, by the way. We're taking the ball off again. Think about the utility (laughs) you got with Sam Moran. God forbid something happens to a defenseman in a game. Boom! That's Slide him point. in at defense, and, and, and there point. you go. And you keep on rolling. You know what? He he is he is the Ford F one fifty baby. You can keep him down, <laughs> but you can't keep him out. He will keep coming. All right. It's the best selling truck in America. No, they no sell free one. ads. No free ads. Over here. <laughs> I, I drive. I don't even drive a truck. They um they sell one every five seconds. You know why? Because you can depend on it. 
we can be able to depend on Sam Moran. God hopeful that he can actually stay healthy and make the roster. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about the other day. I was like, you know what? Someone gets injured on defense. Boom. Sam Moran moves in right there. Um, he's got a, a lot of utility. But Bo's back on. Bo's back on. Um, let's talk about these divisions. Okay? I don't know. Give me one. I think I want to take oh, the. God. No, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Let's talk about the division. Uh, Mike, at your order, uh, at your at your command, uh, we. We I being. put behest in the script. Command oh, and order sounds way too. That's like well, the people don't on. know who you really are. I mean, you you don't <laughs> let me go to bed unless I, I have nail everything perfectly on the script. You keep me keep me trapped in some kind of dungeon. They don't know. You, you slipped my grip though during the World Junior game. We'll get into that. I didn't yeah, forget about will. that, Joe. Don't worry. <laughs> You're right. Um, but we sent you our division, I guess, predictions. Um, since you're the architect behind this, you're you're uh, you're you're the director. What do you think? Can you get us into kind of what, what we're looking at here and, and what our predictions are going to be and, and get into yours a little bit. You you're should go first, put, by the way, because you're, you're top of the list. You're making me put my uh, my big boy hosting pants on. Yes. I'm not happy about that. Hey, you know what? We all have sacrifices to make, okay? <laughs> Sam Moran is giving up his life to play for the Flyers. You, you can do this. And Nolan Patrick almost gave up his life so that <laughs> Sam Moran could play <laughs> <He did>. wing. <laughs> uh, God bless all him. All right, yeah. So I one thing I was pretty surprised about um, – was how similar our lists were, um, especially when you two sent your lists in. I thought that one of you just sent the text twice. At, yeah, like it kind of looked like that. It, yeah. it was it was absurd, but uh, there there's some there's some slight differences. Um, but generally, like the top and the the bottom of the lists are like the top three and the top and the bottom six are or I can't speak. The top three and the bottom three are generally the same across the board here. So. Yeah, the um, middle is where you get a little you get a little gray area. Yeah, yeah, three, four, and five in that range, or four and five, whatever. But uh, all right, so I I don't think we're gonna do this piece by piece. I think the best way to do it, since they're all pretty similar, I'll read through each list, okay, and then I'll kind of you know I'll kind of toss to one of you guys and and see what your what your thoughts were, where the where the discrepancy was between you know, why you had this team at one, why you had this team at two when I had them flipped, whatever. Fair enough, All right. yeah. So, our 2021 Mass Mutual Division predictions are as followed, courtesy of Three Pigeons Podcast, a Flyers podcast. Uh, so, I went, Islanders will win the Mass Mutual Division. Um, honestly, I just have a feeling, I have a rotten feeling about that team. I, they are, I don't know how they do it, they're not particularly good at any one thing besides, like, I guess you could say defense in around the goal, maybe. Um, they do get good goaltending, and Barry Trotz is a great coach. But so that's how I, they I, win. They have that Wizard of Oz behind them. That's it, why. Yeah, 100%. So I have them winning the division in kind of a, I would say that's an upset a little bit. Um, I have the Flyers in second. I have the Bruins in third because I think... Pasternak and Marshawn being out. I don't know exactly how long they're going to be out for, how much they missed, but even missing two weeks in such a condensed season could really hurt a team. And they lost Chara and they lost Krug. And then I, in four and five, I'm a coward and I couldn't make a clear decision here. Yeah, that I, was so soft. That was so <laughs> soft. The softest thing in the world. I'm trying to make sure that the Caps and the Pens podcast don't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they won't go to war with us. But all right, so I had, I had the Caps and the Pens interchangeable at four and five. I think it's really going to come down to whether or not Ilya Samsonov can run with the ball or run with the puck, run with the crease, whatever, as the, the, the clear-cut starter um, because I don't think Craig Anderson gets it done for them. And then, or if the Pens can get another above-average season from Tristan Yari, um, that, that's going to decide who, who wins that last division spot. And then at 6, 7, and 8, I have the Rangers, the Sabres, and the Devils. Um, not much to say there. I think the Rangers might steal some games from teams. They, they might be a little scary. And the Sabres, they've started out so hot recently that maybe they could surprise people. But, and the Devils, I just don't think the Devils are good. So, whatever. And then Matt and Joe, you guys both had the, the Flyers in the one spot. Matt, you had their Islanders at two. Joe, you had them at three. And then Matt, you had the Bruins at three. And Joe, you had them at two. So, a little flip there. And then you both had the Cavs at four, both had the Pens at five. And then, Matt, you had the Rangers at six, the Sabres at seven, and the Devils at eight. 
Joe, you had the same thing, except you had the Sabres and the Rangers flipped. So we all had the Devils last. Uh, curious it seems enough, to be but, uh, uh, a reoccurring theme. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, my biggest question when I saw this, I, the biggest surprise was that you guys both had the Flyers winning the division. So I didn't expect that. I didn't expect Matt at all to have them winning the division. And Joe, I thought you were a Boston Boston supporter through and through, or Boston believer, I should say. So, yeah. what made you guys? What made you guys go with the the Flyers there? Matt, you go first. All right. So, yeah, I was originally I, I was thinking of putting the Islanders first. And I saw I can't remember who exactly mentioned this. It might even have been one of you guys on the account, but I looked at it from purely like a matchup standpoint. With the Bruins being less like losing Krug on defense and Chara, their defense got worse. With the two injuries, like Mike said, to start the season, I think that's going to cost them a couple games. Otherwise, I would probably have had the Boston um, probably within the top two. Mm-hmm. And then it was weird. It was literally like it felt so weird to me because if you asked me in any of the prior years if we would be like the best team, I would have said no. But when I look at our roster on paper with Hart in that, a little bounce back year from – uh, Brian Elliott, obviously the de- the weakness is on defense. So if that can get figured out, like that forward depth is just, I feel like too much. Obviously we're going to struggle potentially against the Islanders like we did last year, I believe. Maybe steal an extra game. But when I look at the other teams, like we played the Capitals very well. Like you mentioned with Tristan Jari and the Penguins, I don't, I mean, their bottom pair defense is terrible. Matheson and Cody Cece, that's, I, I mean, forgot about Cody Cece. My so boy. Jack Johnson on the bottom pair with I can't remember who and the Rangers. Like Jack I just Johnson, think oh matchup wise, the only team that really gives us trouble is going to be the Islanders. And if we can without I don't have the roster not the roster, but the schedule in front of me, if we can pull some early games against Bruins and get turn into some W's, then I think that ends up being favorable for us in terms of potentially getting locking up that that one seed um and then like you said i mean the devils even though they have uh who is it blackwood what about blackwood mackenzie yeah what blackwood. about blackwood mackenzie what about blackwood what, mackenzie what about blackwood <laughs> and then the problem with the sabers really i mean they have some good pieces but their goaltending is just uh, it's just not there they might have the worst um, bottom six in the league too yeah, I mean, I think the Capitals did a good good job of shoring up that D with signing TVR and, and being able to play Char in a limited role. Um, I know I've been hard on their defense recently, but I think they, they did a pretty good job of shoring that up, and they have a good depth down the middle with Lars L rounding out that third-line center. So I shocked myself when I put the Flyers <laughs> first, but when I objectively looked at these rosters – Thanks to uh, daily faceoff, I was I was kind of shocked myself that on paper we are very good. Yeah, I mean, there's no even if like Sam Moran sneaks into the lineup over like a Michael Raffle or Joe throwing just so that he can fight Harry's Matt Martin. Yeah, just so he can fa- fight Matt Martin. Even if they throw him in the lineup, like it's still a good lineup. Even if Morgan Frost makes it over somebody, it's still a good lineup. So I I definitely could see the argument, Joe. Were you kind of uh, actually, no, Joe, I'll get to you in a second. Sorry, but mm. Matt, you said the Bruins injuries that'll cost them early. Do you, you? So you think it was enough to cost them falling behind the Islanders too? Because I had I had them at, at three as well behind the Flyers and the Islanders. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pulling up their, their roster right now. Like, I do like some of their – the biggest issue is losing Krug. I think that's a big mm-hmm. loss. Obviously, Chara, I mean, he, he didn't play great for them, but he was their captain, so – that's kind of like a culture change and just an overall look. Like I felt like they were always like the big bad Bruins um, because they knew if whoever, if he was on the ice, they could really get themselves into whatever they wanted to because no one was going to fight him. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at that team, obviously like Brandon Carlo is a big tough kid. Connor Clifton, despite his like only being like 5'11 or 6 foot or whatever, like extremely tough kid, but they don't have that humongous man back there who's kind of like you can't mess with us mm-hmm. so i'm interested to kind of see how that changes the team and if marshawn and pasta both miss time in the beginning i think that defense 
isn't good enough to make up for their absence early on. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely fair. I think a lot of people are overlooking the fact that those guys are hurt right now too. I've seen the Bruins at number one in a bunch of division predictions so far, um, both on our network, THPN, and abroad. So that's kind of been surprising to me. I think they're still one of the best four teams in the division. But Joe, I, I saw you had them at two. We'll get to your Flyers reasoning in a second. But you had them at two and the Islanders at three. So a little different than Matt and I. Um, you, you still think the Bruins are... All right, I won't see the team to beat because you have the Flyers at one, but you still think they're the big bad Bruins? Yes. Um, I think that team is probably the second best coach behind the Islanders in the East. No offense to AV, but I think Bruce Cassidy does a really, really great job. Um, and also they're, they're just so accustomed to winning. They're so accustomed to being in this spot before. That mm-hmm. I don't know. I I just I have a feeling about them. And and plus, what what made me go them too instead of the Islanders because I would have normally I would put the Islanders too. But the I know the injuries could be a big factor. We'll see. I Marshawn's trying to come back as as soon as yeah. He can. I did see that. He said he might. He said he feels like he'll be ready to go by the the first game. I, right. I don't so, see that happening. But well, yeah. we'll see. I mean, he, he's he's got a tremendous heart for such a little man. So hopefully he can get back. But the Islanders. Matt Barzell's still holding out. So Matt Barzell's holding out. That team, I just – I would have put them too if I knew Matt Barzell was going to start the season. But without him, they've got – I don't know. They don't have as much of a, 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 a kind of the horsepower that I thought they did. And I was looking at their roster. They've got a lot of really good players, but none of them are, you know, Matt Barzell level. They but, have some of the best, like – bottom six talent. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. At least in terms of guys that are consistently good bottom line players. I'll read you the roster real quick. I pulled it up. So like guys like Anders Lee, we saw what he did to us in the playoffs. He Mm -hmm. was fantastic. Eberly, eh, he's kind of hit or miss. He didn't have a great playoff and and he's he's just kind of hit or miss altogether. Beauvillier, I think, is is, is a great bottom six guy. They have him in the top six. Brock Nelson, um, Josh Bailey, again, he's just like guys that like you hear their name and you're like, okay, they're you know they're pretty good, and they have uh, that. Uh, is that their rookie Oliver uh, Wallstrom? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Oliver Wallstrom. See how he does. Michael Dal Cole is pretty good too, um, and they have, of course, the best fourth line for uh, fourth line in hockey. So you can't forget that. Um, With the recent signing of Matt Martin, yeah, four they've, years, they somehow years, got Matt Martin taken care of, but have yet to sign Barzell. So um, that was by design, guaranteed. They did that on purpose. I'm sure that that did. seems like a Lou move to get Matt yeah, Martin, your, your worst player, signed before your your best player. I also don't think uh, Islanders goaltending is very good. I don't think it's terrific, but they play such good sound defense that maybe it kind of offsets. Maybe it's a wash. But the Bruins, I, I'm I'm relying on their coaching and the fact that they've been so good for so long. I don't see the wheels falling off just yet. For the um, past decade, they've been one of the most consistent teams. I think overall, they yeah. may have missed the playoffs one time, but all right, fair enough. Uh, but you still have the Flyers at one, though. So. Flyers at one. Just like just yeah. like Matt, I was pretty surprised I had him at one. Um, but I was looking down, and the roster, on, on paper, everything on paper looks like the Flyers are number one. Now, will that shake mm-hmm. out? I don't know what to find out. we got to play. But um, on, on paper, I'm looking at the roster, and like we just talked about in the breakdown of the of the camp rosters. You go over those names, you got Jake Voracek on the third line. Like, holy shit. I mean, that's... Your your team is is looking mighty good if that's the case. On defense, they're they've got a glutton on on defense with you've got Provorov, Myers, uh, Gossis, Bear, basically seventy, Gustafson who brings another offensive element. So they got some point producers on the back end. Provorov led the team, led the NHL in playoff goals for a defenseman last year, and he wasn't even that great on the power play. Um, and then Carter Hart and Net, obviously looking for him to take a huge step this year. He he did in the playoffs. I thought. The thing I was always most impressed with was him putting stuff behind him pretty quick. He had a very short-term mm-hmm. memory, which is great for a goalie. Um, kind of like a cornerback in football, too. You're going to get burned. It's going to happen at least once in a while. So put it behind him quick, and you got Brian Elliott behind him. Again, solid kind of presence who can continue to mentor Carter and be there. And we know he can still play. Um, he, he played well in stints for us last year. And Alain Vigneault, great coach. So I'm thinking the Flyers on paper seem to be the best team in the conference, um, but we'll see. The Capitals, by the way, I had them fourth. Um, sorry to the Pens, but um, 
I just, I just think the Caps with Laviolette are going to be really good. Um, maybe good That's... enough to even beat the Islanders, and they could easily jump the wow. third. I could, I could see it happening. Now, okay. if, if Samsonov is horrible, I'd throw it all out the window. But um, that team under Laviolette, I just got to – there's – I don't know. I, That's I feel like what that I was going to – I was going to pose this question, though, to everybody. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say that whole team feels like they got a chip on their shoulder now, again, mm-hmm. because they got waxed by the Islanders in the yeah. first round. And Chara, you know, he's got a gigantic chip on his gigantic shoulder because the <laughs> Bruins wanted him to take a reduced role, and he still thinks he's got gas in the tank. So he's got something to prove. And, you know, the whole team, they had Kevin Malone as their coach, and now they don't. So we'll see what happens man laviolette does so good first years man he's, he's yeah. unbelievable first year coach the rest of the thing tune him out but i was i was gonna ask you know there's we all had the same same teams in the top three um it's it feels kind of weird to have the islanders in the top three is one of the best three teams in the division but you know they they proved a lot of people wrong last year so but the result of that is we're kind of hot and cold or maybe a little colder on the caps and pens i think you know, my cowardice aside, I think they're more likely to be the team that, that grabs the fourth spot than the Pens, um, which means we would all have them as the four and the Pens all missing the playoffs for which is the first crazy. time. Yeah, I I mean, know. if you, you can count last year as not making the playoffs, if you want, I consider that they did because they would have been in anyway. Mm. But um, yeah, that would be the first time in a bit. And do we... My mantra is always you can't count out the Penguins because they have Sidney Crosby and they have Evgeny Malkin. Yeah. Um, those two just always, I don't think they even necessarily like each other. I think Malkin plays better when Crosby's out of the lineup. Um, but they make it work and they, they get it done and they've, they've proven people wrong time and time again. So do we think that this is the year that we finally see a kind of changing of the guard in this division where obviously the Bruins are still around, but they they're now without, they're with a new captain, which is something we haven't seen from them in a while. Um, the Islanders, the Flyers, not your typical division leaders. Where does that leave the caps and the pens? Do we really think they're fading away? They're older teams for sure. I'm going to read you the I bottom mean, six of the pens, line, uh, the pens lineup as of right now in, in training camp, Jared mm-hmm. McCann, Mark Jankowski, Sam Lafferty, never heard of him. Colton Sevier, Teddy Bluger, and Brandon Tanev. That's the bottom. Yeah, I like Tanev. He is good, but I think I think I like Tanev. Jared McCann. I know Jankowski looks like he's terrible according to Daily Faceoff in terms of the center ranking. I know he's shown some flashes in Calgary when he, he had some time there. Their bottom six is not good. Def- that, I, I that didn't very, get to defense. They're 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 banking on John Marino, which he looked good last year. I mean, he's a good, he, was, he should be yeah, good, very yeah. good. So as very long good as, long as he's numbers, good, yeah. but they've got Michael Matheson, who I I don't think man, a lot of people consider to be a, a great defenseman, and then Cody Cece, who gets just dumped that's on. That's an unplayable. Uh, you can't play that that line. That that's the worst pair that potentially in hockey. Now. Don't forget Jack Especially Johnson he's... waiting in the wings. Um, well, no, he's with the no, Rangers No, Jack now. Johnson's with the Rangers. Oh, shit. No, yeah, they bought him out. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, because that but, would I mean, really that, solidify. Yeah, I mean, That'd be <laughs> chef's kiss with Jack Johnson on there, too. That top six is very good. I mean, it doesn't matter who you put on the line with Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby. It's Evan Rodriguez, as of right now, who mm-hmm. was Jack Eichel's line mate at BU, and he's just been, I feel like, I don't want to say riding his coattails because I know that he has been a pretty good bottom sixer for Buffalo for a little bit, but him on the first line, like again, even though Crosby can carry him and Gensel can carry whoever, like probably not an ideal. They have Jason Zucker player. too, who's very good. Well, yeah, that second line is Rust, Zucker, and Malkin, which is very good. So that top really six, line. like Mike mentioned, like they can carry the team. The question becomes. What do they get out of Tristan Jari? I know Casey the Smith was not very good, if I remember correctly. So, like, the fact that he gets 15 games potentially this season, like, that could hurt them. Um, and that's kind of Think about what Washington's led me to leave them out. Think about Washington's top six compared to, to the Penguins, and or even their bottom. Their bottom six in the goalie. It's just on paper. It's just a much more – just a much scarier lineup. You got Kuznetsov, you got Ovechkin, you got TJ Oshie, Tom Wilson. He's kind of a weird X factor. Backstrom. He's, he's scary in a different way. Yeah, he can be. Uh, and they have Connor Sheary now. I didn't. I didn't even know that until I looked it up. They have Connor Sheary now. Should yeah, but he's that. been struggling. 
recently. Yeah. You take him off. Talk about a guy who who rode uh, rode yeah. somebody's coattails. Yeah. <laughs> the Pens did get did, did get a Kasperi Kapanen. Should they mention did. that. That's a that's a nice little addition. I think he'll play. But he's hurt. Bottom six. Right? He is hurt. He is hurt. But if he gets back in, that's that. I mean, he's in Replace my eyes like better. You yeah, could do that be... too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I, I I think I I agree with both of you in the fact that this is one of the least skilled Pens teams I've I think we've seen in a bit. Um, you know, that kind of reminds me of how when the Flyers had their number in the early to mid two thousands or early to mid two thousand tens. Jesus, uh, we're in another decade now. Um, it, they would have guys like you know, the bottom of the barrel type guys trotting out like Matt Cook and, you know, just a, a bunch of not very great players. Um, and they would try to play like a weird physical style that just didn't suit them. So yeah, not until, kinda... uh, what's his, what's the coach? Mike Sullivan, not until he came around and he's like, you mm-hmm. guys are way too skilled to be playing like yeah. this. They finally so, start being us again. God damn it. I, I think they still have that skill in the top six. Um, but yeah, that, that bottom six is not great. And the defense Chris Letang's another year older. Um, they need a lot of it out of him. They need John Marino to, to really run with it. And uh, Marcus Patterson is a fine depth defenseman. He's pretty good. But, and yeah, Tristan Yari. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's as good as, as his numbers show he was last year. To They've me, had good career, luck with career backup. Man. They have had good luck. They'll have a Mark couple Andre years Fleury, where a guy just stands Matt on their Murray, head. Now, now this guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean he, he's already 26 i think or whatever 27 but anyway i i do think i do think that that was interesting we all kind of are pretty lukewarm on the pens i know that's not going to make us any friends over at the iceberg but uh hey we're just we're just speaking we're just if speaking they, our truth and you know they, we'll go ahead go we'll ahead. be on with them we'll be on with them this weekend yeah uh and they can, if, they can tell i'll say this we'll say it to their face <laughs> if they if they go far with this Penn team, if this Penn team like reaches the Eastern Conference Final or, or something like that, I would be so impressed because this team is is not very good. Um, I, yeah, I would be they, really impressed. Yeah. It would be it's Crosby and Malkin at their best. Clearly, they, they're, yeah. they're going to have to be, and Tristan Jari is going to have to be real. So, I I definitely uh, I definitely like that. That I remember. I would love to see the Pens drop off the map. Remember, I would love to see that happen. Remember, uh, Flyers playing any kind of backup goalie, horrible. So if Tristan Jar even point. is still a backup, we're not going to be able to score against him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm not. And then, so I think you know the top, the top four, top five picks. Like I said. Oh, right let me tell similar. you. Let me tell you why I have Buffalo ahead of the Rangers. Well, hold I'm on. The, I was gonna. One. I was gonna preempt that. Okay. Uh, I not a whole lot of discussion in the bottom three there. No. Three pretty bad teams. The Rangers, they're definitely building something, but they, I think their defense was completely exposed last year, uh, especially in the playoffs. And they're re- banking heavily on Shesterkin. So another throwing all your hopes into the, into the basket of one rookie who played, I think, like 13 games, if that. So, I yeah, not not a whole lot to go off of with this with these teams. But, Joe, you, you seem very adamant to talk about why you had Buffalo over, over New York. Eichel. And Hall, let's ride, baby. The two of them <laughs> are going to score electric. a thousand goals, and the rest of the lineup yeah. doesn't matter if the rest of the lineup scores because those two guys are going to pocket God knows how many goals. Um, well, even Olafson, he's yeah. a, he's a nasty shot. Like that yeah. power play is going to be lethal. And mm-hmm. uh, we we joked it. I think it was it must have been in the summer. I joked that um, uh, is it Darlene right there that he's. I was like, man, it's really quiet. Like. I thought like he was going to be the next Lidstrom and all this, and like we actually looked up his stats, and like he's quietly very good, like very yeah. very good. Um, and it's just you know, I guess because he's in Buffalo and the team's horrible, no one really knows. Um, but that defense is not horrible. Jake McCabe, he's okay. Ristolainen, I know stat people hate Analytic him. Is yeah, he's horrible. But Brandon Montour is really good, I think. Um, I already said Darlene. Colin Miller, I think, is pretty good. Uh, Henry Yoki Harju, eh, whatever. We'll see. He's a sixth, seventh defenseman. Um, but yeah, man, Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, and Olsen. And, Eric, and Eric, I forgot about uh, Jeff Skinner and Eric Stahl. Um, yeah. They have one of the best top six. Reinhardt. Right yeah. now. Yeah, Sam Reinhardt. And then they got some speed with uh, with Cody Eakin and, and Tobias Reeder. 
Casey Middlestat, I mean, he was a first-round pick. Maybe he'll turn into something finally. Um, Tage Thompson, I think he, they got him in the Ryan O'Reilly deal. And Kyle Oposo, first who, rounder, yeah. yeah, Kyle Oposo, who used to be a uh, used to be a pretty big big time goal scorer, not so much anymore. You Go guys ahead. both talked about uh, like winning culture and stuff like that, though, and I Oof. I still don't think that this Sabres team, like I can bringing in Taylor Hall, does nothing to improve your team's no. culture, in my opinion, especially because um, he's a one year deal. <laughs> exactly, yeah, he's and out of here. He's Stahl, a rental car. He's a, Eric Saul's a good older player. He he'll probably help with that locker room a little, but like I I you can. I can already see the, the the painting on the wall when the is that the phrase? That's not the phrase, is it? The writing on the wall. The writing on the wall. Wow. <laughs> oh my god! Oh Jesus. god! Yo, snip uh, that painting. quick, editor, oh. editor, snip that out. Yeah, that's getting snipped. Uh, no, I can already see the writing on the wall when you know the team starts out five and zero and then goes on to lose ten of their next fifteen or ten of you know twelve of their next fifteen or something like that. Yeah. When that team starts to lose, it's a spiral. And it I does, don't think yeah. they've I don't think they've done anything to correct that yet. And I don't know what you can do besides just like an overhaul of of leadership and, and coaching and, and ownership. So You know what I do? Yeah. It really the goalie issue is the biggest thing. Like yeah, they could yeah. be a very good team on paper, but the problem's gonna be and like you speak to with culture is like that was a flyers problem for a little bit, was you let in that bad goal and team slumped. When you ha- yeah, like when you let in that bad goal and it's here we go again, like we could see talk about major major overhauls, like if they are not good and Taylor Hall gets dealt at the deadline again, Jack Eichel is going to like he's gonna walk into that front office and he's gonna be like, Trade me right now. Yeah. One hundred percent. What if they're very good up to the deadline or good enough that they think they have a chance, trade for a goalie? Trade for a Mark Andre Fleury if he wants to come there. He probably has a no trade, so probably he can have he has a list. But there's got to be a goalie out there where they can get somebody, even someone like an Aaron Dell. You know, there's 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 goalies out there. He's pretty good. You didn't like him? I Aaron thought he was Dell? good at San Jose. <laughs> no. I mean, Minnesota Wild. No, he wasn't but... the best, but are you talking Mark? Uh, who are you talking? Alex Stalock. Maybe that's who I'm thinking about. He's Maybe like one Stalock. of the worst goalies in the league. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think they can go out and get a goalie, though. They can get somebody. Yeah. They... No, there definitely are goalies to be had. I mean, look at the Rangers. They're back up. Yeah. Um, who is it? Georgiev. Who's the Rangers back? But you who talk about culture. Georgiev. If, if they were able yeah, to, yeah. to go get Marc-Andre Fleury, that's a guy who helps with culture immediately. I mean, that's why yeah. Vegas yeah. took him is because they wanted a winning culture. Why yeah. not go get him uh, if if they're good enough? And he'd have to say yes, obviously. I'm sure, but they should. They I don't know why they didn't make a play for a goalie. It's just like Carolina, it makes no sense to me why Carolina didn't go out and get a number one goalie. Instead, they're going with this weird. <sighs> yeah, because it always comes back to bite you. Obviously, over these like these long these long playoff series. But while we're on the topic of trade deadline, if the Flyers are good, I'm going to say this right now. I do not want to trade for anyone if they figure out the defense and the pairs work oh. that's the obviously the only area or if there's a major injury like i do not want to add anyone at the deadline uh, that kind of surprised me that you said that i could i could be tempted oh. into a into a patrick liner or taylor hall oh goodness talk, gracious but uh, well i mean if they could be yeah if, like that could be potentially had for like a first rounder because they know that they're not going to resign them or that we're not going to be able to resign them. Maybe, but yeah, I do believe very strongly. Like I think this happened to the Pens the one year where they're like the best team in the league, and then they added like uh, Brendan Morrow, like yeah, Jerome McGinley, mm-hmm. yeah. like all these people who were very good players individually, but then it didn't click. So that's my worry that if we are very good because of that depth and. Because the team has been together, I wouldn't say very long, but after like last season, I think they had great culture. While we're on the same topic of culture, yeah, um, they've gone through outside the... of defense. If the defense is a mess a little bit, I don't see us being that great. Obviously, so then that's a different scenario. But if they're somehow able to figure out the pairs, I just say you let it be. Yeah, I I, I think I agree with you. Um, one I, one, I don't think the defense is going to be a mess really um i think that the names on it are good enough to make sure it's not but then two i do i do agree with you matt because at this point to trade for some of those even bottom guys 
what are you giving up? Like a first round pick for, for a third line center? Like, no, you have Nolan Patrick there or Morgan Frost there. Like, yeah. so you're not going to do we that. We have that depth. Yeah. You're not going to trade a guy like Travis Konechny for Patrick Laine. You already, Travis Konechny pan or rates out right now as Patrick Laine's equal in some analytics and everything. So yeah, you're not in a position to trade those guys at all. So I do agree with you. I think this Flyers team that we have right now, uh, once everything shakes out with the roster, I think that's the one we're going to see through the end of the season. I don't, it's not like, I mean, barring injuries and stuff like that, obviously, because that's, that's basically what preempted the the Grant and Thompson trades last year. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I want, if we're going to do, I, I, for the most part, I think I agree with you guys. What a, a trade that I would be okay with happening would be like, um, it always seems to happen this way. A, cup, a team that has a chance at a cup, they go add a veteran that's never won. Mm-hmm. Go get someone like like the Blackhawks said with Kimo Team, and then get somebody like that who plays limited oh, roles, God. got a limited time. Say, he was so bad he was, for them. Yeah, he, he was terrible. really bad for them. But who, who I want be... I want somebody like that who's either going to give us good luck or just get a score. Someone who just someone who scores because I think the defense is is pretty stacked right now, and barring from injury, like Mike said. But get like a, like a Kovalchuk, like that deal. It didn't really help Washington a ton in the playoffs, but the whole team was shit. But get something like that, I'd be okay with that, where it's just like a, a small move. Don't give up the, the farm. But if you can get another score, that always helps in the playoffs because we saw this year, I mean, or th- this past playoffs, the Flyers, sometimes that well runs dry. I mean, they just they couldn't score against the Islanders. So I don't think it's ever a super bad thing to – to not have another score if you can get them on the cheap. But with the cap and everything, I don't know. What, what do you think, Mike? It'd be pretty tough probably to add people unless someone gets injured. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. Um, but you're right. It's never bad. It's never bad to add a piece if it's going to be the right piece. Like, you, you can't you can't just add players just for the sake of adding players yeah. to a playoff lineup. That's not that's Don't not force right it, way. but right. I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, let's say, let's say the Caps totally spin out in the season or or they're you know just it becomes clear they're just not going to make the playoffs do you go after Zidane Chara, a guy hell who yes like a, a proven winner hell and you yes can insert him into a playoff lineup and Matt like you were saying he'll be back there and you're not going to get pushed around kind of like they they did at times his last play, last playoff maybe you do him and Sam Moran as a pair let's do it that, that is <laughs> interesting you call do... Yarmir Yager out of out of Europe and, and <laughs> oh, convince God. him to come over for uh for a second time I don't know yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point, Mike. I wouldn't hate that if Chara looked somewhat okay this season. Um, but the, I think the other dynamic we're forgetting is the use of the taxi squad. It's going to be – it's probably mm, going to prevent a lot point. of teams from having to add yeah. depth they otherwise would have need yeah. to going to playoff runs. So I think that's also to con- something to consider. But I do want to briefly touch – I don't know if you guys want to go too deep into like the bottom. And we talked about Buffalo a little bit. If we do want to mention the Rangers and the Devils, obviously, like I mentioned, the Rangers do have good goalies. They do have a very good top line. Mika Zibanejad was unbelievable last year. Kreider, Ruzhnevich, Artemi Panarin. And then you have the two young, really exciting players to watch with Capo Caco, Alexis Lafreniere. Um, so they have the fun pieces. They don't have the center depth. Their bottom line is terrible. Their bottom D pair is probably going to be terrible. Brendan Smith's back there. Jack Johnson. It's kind of the same scenario with the Pens. Um, and then the only thing I'll touch on with with the Rangers, and I'll get your guys' takes, is, again, there's just no depth anywhere. I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood is good. Their defense is terrible. Their offense, for the most part, is also terrible. They do have two exciting players in Jack Hughes and... Um, Nico Hishier, but yeah, they're they're two of those teams where I mean, you nailed it, Matt. Like they have some fun pieces, and that's why everybody drools over them. Like, and they're you know in the Rangers' case, they're playing in the in the Big Apple, so that adds to kind of the oh, our Demi Panarin's putting on a show in New York and et cetera, et cetera. Like, yeah, that's all that's all fine and good. That's why they steal games sometimes. Um, the same way that the Flyers used to steal games when Drew and Voracek were at their peaks, because those guys you could bank on a two point, three point, four point night, um, you know, twice a week maybe sometimes. So 
yeah, they have those names. That makes them competitive in-game a lot of time, but over the course of the season, like, those deficiencies you just can't cover up with Miko's, or Mika Zubinijad and Artemi Panarin. Like, their their defense, the Rangers' defense is just so, so lackluster. And I understand Adam Fox is, you know, everybody's favorite up-and-coming defenseman. He's really good. But beyond that, like, I don't, I don't really know what I mean, D'Angelo provides good, like, offensive um, firepower for them for sure. I mean, Truba's probably looking for a yeah. bounce back year. So D'Angelo can't on that. skate in his own zone though, too, as part of it. Like he, he yeah. is really boomer, but he's talk about a guy that should probably switch to forward. Uh, it seems, seems like he could benefit playing the wing with, uh, with Zibby. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And I agree with Matt, the devil, same thing, Hughes and Heischer. Um, actually some people might be surprised that Jack Hughes and Joel Faraby had the same amount of points last year, and Faraby played, I think, ten less games. So, and he had like seven shock. goals taken back from him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I think they're definitely building something, but it comes down to just not having the pieces right now. And honestly, I don't know if they have the coaching either. So, who's their coach right now? I forget. Uh, the Devils is is it still Elaine Nazardine? No. Oh, no. he, he, I, I think it is because they let go, which was the weirdest thing of all time. They let go, who was the Hines, John Hines. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. Nashville immediately wanted to sign him. That that <laughs> was the most confusing yeah. turn of events, I think, of last season of watching that Devils team play. And then you're like, that's our guy. Yeah. So I, I think that they're intriguing teams. The Rangers were scary when they when they hit that hot streak, but then they ran into a good team like the Flyers, and the Flyers just completely exposed all their deficiencies. So, uh, Joe, anything to say about them before we we shift gear? I'm excited to watch the Rangers because uh, I think Artemi Panarin is disgusting. Um, their back end is is tough. Um, it's going to be interesting. Just you know, no Hank. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, first time Hank is not going to be in a lineup since I can remember watching hockey. So I'm interested yeah. to see what happens there um, between Georgiev and Shesterkin. Um, a lot of talk about Russian goalies lately. And and who, who's the, the one in the World Juniors was, was horrible. He was. You didn't was, have a good showing, yeah. He, he kept dropping. Askarov. Yeah, he kept dropping his stick, and he's all over the place. I don't know. It, it never looked like he was settled. But um, I'm interested to see what happens with the Rangers. The Devils, honestly, I hate the Devils probably, in terms of division hate, it goes Penguins. Then the Devils are second for me um, because of what Scott Stevens did to Eric Lindros. I'll never forgive him, never in a trillion years. Yes, he should have had his head up, but also Scott Stevens is the biggest piece of shit uh, probably ever to hit a blue line. Um, this side of the Mississippi. This side, at least, yeah. Um, I really don't like the Devils, and I don't think they're very good. Um it's it's always going to be I'm always going to be intrigued to watch Flyers Devil games because of Nico Heischer and Nolan Patrick. You have the what could have been, but mm-hmm. you know they made that decision for us, so we'll get to see. But Rangers, I think they're going to be fun to watch just because of Panarin and they have Lafreniere. We'll see what happens with him, but a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience besides Mika Zibanejad over at center. I think they're still going to be fun to watch. Yeah, if nothing else, I mean this division is loaded with talent. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, it's a very marketable division. Imagine if they yep. if the, somehow the the Hurricanes were in here. Oh my God, we'll see. Take out the uh, Sabers. We, we should say real quick, the by the way, before we're going to wrap up with World Juniors in in two seconds. Um, Columbus. I didn't know this that Pierre Luc Dubois wants out of Columbus. I had no idea until that got reported that he apparently he's he's wants a bigger stage. Uh, I think it's what L.A. Friedman said and. I mean, I, I could understand if he's like, hey, I'm sick of Tortorella. I believe that because everybody gets sick of him eventually. But yeah, Did they have that argument out. in the playoffs too, the two of them? They had that little back and forth. Oh, it was, I know that. Who was it? Was was it the Toronto? No. Uh, yeah, I think it was in that Toronto series, right? They had a little – On the bench, know, they right? They yelled at each other or whatever, and then Dubois went out and like scored a overtime goal or some shit, something like that. They, they definitely had words in the playoffs. Yeah, well, well, that would make sense. I mean, probably a combination of that. I did see some some fans talking about how it had to do with their general manager. Um, Yarmo, dude, he's a hard Yarmo. ass. Well, that's what they were saying. Like, 
they were saying they were confused as to why all the superstars, you have Bob, you have Artemi, mm-hmm. um, like all these people wanting out. Is it the city? Is it the small market? Or is it a combination of the coach and the general manager being a hard ass with with them in, in negotiations? Apparently, his Obviously, he, he has the purse strings pretty tight, Yarmo. Yeah, I mean, which is is crazy because if you're a small market team, you can't be like that. Like, if you have the players, you have to pay up. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for, even though I don't like Columbus, I feel bad for that fan base because, like, imagine as a Flyer fans, if like Travis Konechny and Proby are asking for trades, and we're like. We finally draft the good yeah. players, and we can't retain them. They're turning like, it on a whole. That's a whole other type of like just. Yeah, another hurdle feeling. to overcome that you shouldn't have to overcome. Because if you yeah. draft them, they should. I mean, that, that's that's what's so weird about hockey compared to other sports. Like you draft a player, they end up for the most part wanting to stay at your organization forever as long as you treat them right. Um, that's not the case with NBA. We can see, you know. They go from from any team. Shout out to LeBron; he's my boy. But um, you know, he's been on how many different teams now, and, and the whole league just do whatever you want. Hockey's not that way, so it's kind of surprising when you've got two teams that are like that with Ottawa. You know, just Eric Carlson gone, Daniel Alfredson. They butchered that. Um, so many players that just kind of eh, and Columbus starting to kind of get that feeling. So we'll see. But let's wrap up with uh, with World Juniors. Um, I have uh, something to admit. Um, I fell asleep at 10 o'clock last night, so I didn't get to watch the win. I was really tired from work, but, um, there was a shutout two nothing Spencer Knight, the, uh, um, Florida Panthers goalie got the, uh, got the shutout. What did you guys see? What was going on with that trash can? I still don't understand what was happening with that. Is that the Houston Astros shout out? Cause I love that. Um, so it was a, it was like a drum of like that you would like store water in is is what it actually was okay uh you can see in the one clip you can see the lid on it and they were like banging on the lid or whatever so the team says that they've had this like internal memo since the tournament began and it's a story about you know I, it's something about like refueling with oil drums in the sahara or some shit like what that the so the, hell the, yeah yeah so the, the the motto was one barrel at a time <laughs> so throughout the tournament apparently they would like slap a logo on of whoever they were playing and then they would whatever beat it that's the best cover for calling the other team trash (laughs) absolutely absolutely of all time Um, and the fact go ahead no i was just saying they they're you know you can say uh and stuff like that they had been talking about it prior in the tournament no one really took notes so that's the official story um canada's gonna remember that next year but yeah i'll I'll tell you the, the the unofficial story is yeah like the boys in the locker room are calling every single team trash. Yeah. And the fact they were able to sneak that thing on the ice for a picture and the fact that it made Canadians fans so mad mm-hmm. is just the icing on the cake. There's no, it, it literally, rem- like, I think as Philadelphia fans, we've gotten, well, and U.S. citizens, we've gotten the, the taste of Giants fans being extremely upset with the Eagles, which was unbelievable. <laughs> Nothing mm-hmm. funnier than that. And then Canadians fans talking about like not being classy and Canadians players would never do that. Like the AV stuff last year too, specifically with the Flyers. Remember that the, the oh, Brandon yeah. Gallagher nonsense, all of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that. That was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So you always love to see that. And shout out to Flyers prospect uh, Yamcork, birthday boy, <laughs> and wins a. Wins a gold medal, so happy for him. He played better in that in that gold medal game yeah. than he did throughout the rest of the tor- tournament. His his statistics, analytically speaking, were not the greatest. Both him and Bobby Brink were point per game pace throughout the entire tournament until the last game. There, um, Bobby Brink I thought was great in that last game. He was all over the place. Great four checker. He's selling out blocking um, shots and he had blocking a big shots. steal in the neutral zone when Canada was trying to break in with the the extra attacker. So. Yeah, yeah. Of the two, I think he was the better prospect throughout the entirety of the tournament, regardless of the points and kind of the awards that were given out. Um, but I was, I was glad to see in a big moment that York did step up. He had a great poke check to break up a two on one. Um, I think like midway through the game. So, yeah, I'm sorry I missed it. I, uh, I feel 
feel pretty guilty, but it was a good hockey game. At I, the end of the day, it was just a really good hockey game. Yeah, it's it's all right. There's that's the great thing about World Juniors. There's going to be another one next year, so I'll tune into <laughs> that one. We'll see what happens, but I'm excited to see. Um, I don't know if those guys are going to get an invite to camp. I don't know how that's going to work. I guess because camp's winding down, probably not. I think right. Yeah, I, it, are they playing? Are their schools playing right now? I was going to ask go school. I I think they are. I know they are because I saw that AS. I don't know if their specific schools are, but I saw ASU had the the very nasty yeah um, Michigan goal. I don't know what team that was against. The jerseys kind of threw me off a little bit there, but um, I know they are playing. So I hadn't, I haven't seen any news leading us to believe that they're going to be headed that way because I did see that from other teams had some players shooting shooting to camp, but I think those are guys that for like the um, Kings and Anaheim Ducks that actually may make the team. So a little different there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's Zegers guy. Damn, he's good. Very good. So we'll see. I'm excited to watch. I'm glad he's out west. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to see him one, once or twice a year, thank God. But any last thoughts before we wrap up, guys? What a what a chunky episode. I have my work my work oh yeah yeah you've got uh i'm sorry brother that's gonna be some fun for you (laughs) don't forget to snip the part out that you said um well whatever it was the painting on the wall that was uh, i'm leaving that in i'm absolutely leaving that that was my look i gotta show that even though i'm your guys fearless leader no man's an island i'm not without fault i make mistakes too so (laughs) all right well you let me know how that paint dries Uh, man of the people (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the, the flyers you know uh the season's stacking up pretty nice, I think we can say. Compared to compared to the opponents we went over, you know, I think I speak for most, maybe not all Flyers fans, but you know, we expect some really big things from the team this year. New year, new division, same goal. Let's go fly guys. Mm-hmm.